Welcome to the Food Satanist. This episode, we introduce you to genitalia in food. Food or poison? Nasturtiums is a genus literally nicknamed Nose Twister or Nose Tweaker, a genus of roughly 80 species of annual and perennial herbaceous flowering plants. The only genus in the family Tropiolochia. The seeds look like chickpeas, just toss them into the soil and they thrive on neglect. To see the value in these seeds, we must really, really observe them. The youngest, juiciest leaves, which taste very much like watercress, lend a peppery zing to salads or cream cheese dip. The flowers are surprisingly spicy too with a shot of sweet nectar that sits in the spur. Pickle the green seed pots in vinegar and make vibrant salad dressings by steeping the colorful flowers in vinegar. Nasturtiums are good summer eating and the only way you can get them is by growing your own. An old gardener's maxim saying would be, be nasty nasturtiums, they like it. It's a good if sadistic reminder not to coddle this easy-to-grow plant. Leave me alone, as they might say. No, <laughs> pun's very intended. You grow the best and most abundant flowers in sunny gardens where the soil is very wet, is very well draining, actually, slightly dry and nutrient poor. Too much nitrogen and you risk suffocating these little flowers. Empress of India is a dwarf variety with smaller blue and green pads and deep red flowers are also a really good choice. It will happily grow in a small 6-inch deep pot. Rambunctious nicknamed the Nasties. They penchant for attracting hordes of jittery little aphids around new leaves and flowers. Some gardeners grow nasturtiums as a sacrificial trap plant in order to protect the others, the more prize crops. But really, nasturtiums are a price in themselves, with this mildly peppery flavor with an aroma reminiscent of mustard. Diefenbachia, the tropic rain, a common office plant, easy to grow in its large, beautiful, majestic green leaves. Though it has a sadistic story behind it, very unpleasant to hear, so fair warning. People have used this plant for in the past for harmful reasons. The stalks especially contain microscopic needles of calcium oxalate. These needles are irritating to the skin, the lips, the inside of the mouth. More so if they're driven to the skin by action of chewing, swelling, reddening, pain. The tongue's throat swells so much that it blocks the airway the victim unable to speak, hence the common name the dumb cane, or the somewhat less common name mother-in-law plant. It's not really something you'd give somebody unless you were just really incredibly sadistic. But wait, it gets even better, or it gets worse, because it's not just these crystals. There are also proteolytic enzymes involved. And what's a proteolytic enzyme, you ask? It's an enzyme that breaks proteins down into smaller pieces. Your digestive system secretes three main ones. Pepsin, 
trypsin and of course chymotrypsin which digests the protein you eat into pieces small enough to be absorbed through the lining of your digestive system. In the case of Diefenbachia, then this means that if you bite the plant, the sap will begin to break your skin, which tragically is made of proteins down into its components, which means pain and open sores. If the sap or stem or whatever is swallowed, then these open sores can be induced in the tissue of the esophagus and stomach. It leads to nastiness like vomiting blood and what have you. Worse still, there's one reported case of a Brazilian man who decided inexplicably that suicide by Diefenbachia was the way to go. His stomach was riddled with holes, all sorts of allergic reactions. A relative member of the Diefenbachia in the Arachia family is the taro. It's a staple food of people all over the world, and it's safe to eat if cooked and soaked overnight in cold water. Considering cooking doesn't actually remove or dissolve the calcium oxalate crystals, but it does de- deactivate the proteins. If, if you have kids or pets who might be inclined to taste the foliage, just be warned. Getting the sap in your eyes is also what you'd expect. Not the most pleasant, um, and really, I suppose, it's an occupational hazard for those who work in nurseries and greenhouse. The crystals can scratch a cornea, blurred vision, scratch corneas, might be permanent. Diefenbankia is serious about its self-defense. After all, slave owners in the West Indies used to use Diefenbankia to punish unruly slaves on purpose. People would stick pieces of Diefenbachia canes on in the mouths of other human beings for the purpose of causing them pain and swelling and muteness and difficult breathing and open sores and maybe even bloody vomit because they've been unruly. Maybe they have been unruly a little bit, but then if you want somebody to act civilized, transporting them to another continent against their own will and forcing them to do an hard physical labor for you under threat or torture is not, I think, the way to get that. I mean, you'd be unrolling too. Of course, no list of dehumanization is complete without Nazi Germany. There's rumors that Diefenbachia extract of some kind was being investigated in the concentration camps as possible agent for sterilizing populations. Experiments were limited by unavailability of Diefenbachia in Germany at the time. Is that a good thing or not? Which would you prefer, torture by Diefenbachia or the gas chamber? There's at least one reported case of Diefenbachia being used to prevent a crime victim from testifying in court. Barnes and Fox in 1955 have also chronicled an interesting story, Kremens in 1952 case, of Diefenbachia being rubbed into the mouth of an eyewitness to a crime by the culprit and when the witness was called into court in the Bahamas he could not testify and the criminal was acquitted what they couldn't have the witness write shit down testimony doesn't count unless it's verbal guess kind of irrespective of what the actual slaves or zombies or Jews felt about the plant at the actual time when this was going on it's it's a long time ago, but it had represented punishment, pain, and degradation, concentration camps, and so on, even the zombie voodoo recipes. 
all these years you think you know a plant and then you find out something like this you feel like saying to the plant I don't even know who you are anymore on the other hand I suppose going from instrument of torture to decorative office plant is an improvement kind of a source to plowshares progress maybe it's being rehabilitated and let's tune in to the next take